Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians. They are a fascinating bunch of people, and it'll be a great time. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. My guests today are not only accomplished tango dancers and instructors, but each possesses a strong musical background as well. They have traveled extensively and are very well known in their hometown, the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me now are Yulia Zukov and Koichiro, a.k.a. Chewy Suzuki. Yulia and Chewy, thank you both so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having us, Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Okay, just to jump right into things, can you describe the moment when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Actually, that was my first class. Okay. I, I saw, I, after I, have, I taking first class, mm-hmm. I thought this is going to be my hobby in my life. I wasn't thinking about it at that time. I, didn't was, I wasn't thinking about teaching or anything like that, but... Mm-hmm. Like after first lesson, I felt, okay, this is going to be something. So that tango addiction, it kind of grabbed you right away. Yeah. 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 How, how about you, Yulia? Was it similar for you or is it a little different? My first experience with tango was um, at the milonga. Mm. Chewy took me to the milonga and oh. we were just dating for a month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit jealous to see him going away for a whole night and coming back all tired and <laughs> exhausted from dancing, mm-hmm. some sort of tango. And he took me to the milonga, and I, I was I had a certain way of understanding tango, like a very commercial way to to see it. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in and I heard this music from 1930s and how everyone looked like they were a couple dancing, mm-hmm. and then when this music stopped and the couples broke up and then the new couples emerged, it just captivated me how they dance with the music and connection. And mm-hmm. that's, I realized this is something I want to learn forever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you, you were, you were introduced to tango right at a milonga. So did you do a lot of dancing that night, Julia? Uh, Chu was very polite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he danced with me a couple of songs. He just kind of walked with me on a dance floor. And then after we finished the tanda, uh, he politely me, sat me down, and all these ladies lined up to dance with him. <laughs> of course. And some people didn't see me dancing, so they thought, oh, I came with Chewy. She's probably a good dancer. <laughs> and when they invited me, mm-hmm. they realized that I don't know anything, and I was terrified. Oh. But people were so nice that they just um, politely embraced me and stayed with me with the music, and it made me feel very welcome. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so and then, gosh, years later, look at both of you. So a lot of our, our listeners, uh, some of them are, or actually many of them are new to tango, and they're very quickly falling in love with the dance, just like just like we did. And they're just starting to come to milongas and to, uh, and to practicas, and they're still quite nervous. So other than observing basic customs such as floor craft and using the cabaseo, what advice would you give those listeners to help make their milonga experiences more enjoyable? 
what I think, what I believe, uh, milonga is not only for dancing. Mm -hmm. um, it is social, uh, social event as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for new people to understand it's not about how many dances you get a night and how often you get invited. And especially as a beginner, you get very self-conscious and nervous and you feel like nobody wants to dance with you. Mm -hmm. But it's about meeting people, getting to know each other, mm -hmm. and through the conversations, through this connection, uh, start the dance. Mm -hmm. So students get to know each other um, outside of the class and they feel more comfortable inviting each other and seeing this is not about the competition who is a better dancer, yeah. but feeling just fe feeling the social part of that that drives the the milonga. Yeah. So what's some really good or memorable advice that you've gotten from some of your own teachers? So for me, for me as a follower, in mm -hmm. the beginning all I was thinking is to be a good follower and follow the lead properly and be there for my leader and not to be heavy, keep my balance, mm -hmm. just be a good reaction to his action basically. Yeah. And uh, one of my teachers told me, you are also a dancer, mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes the tango and how important the follower's role not to only follow uh, but to be a partner. Okay. It, and how much leader also um, gets inspired by a follower, not just to follow his movements, but put some color and, and different flavor, let's call it spices, mm. um, to the dance mm -hmm. um, that inspires leader to continue dancing and creating different movements. So the follower is very important and responsible for spicing up the connection, the dance. Mm -hmm. How about you, Chewy? To me, it was just not about like what you can do. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can, you can just touch the, the show, just only walking, by walking, you can mm -hmm. just like, feel the music and feel the connection. And uh, it's nothing about, you know what I mean, like what you can do, like your heroes, whatever, the, you know, like it's not the fancy steps. It's right. just more of the connection. I mm -hmm. think that's that. Uh, Still, I'm still like, you know, trying to figure it out and yeah. uh, try to, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, as many, yeah, teachers that keep saying it's not about the fancy steps. It's just keeping yeah. it, keeping it simple with that connection. Music and that and, yeah, walk. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I think the best advice I got from teachers. You okay. Know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wanted to also touch upon your background as a musician. You're a cellist, yes? Correct. Yeah. So were you classically trained? Yes. Um, I have a degree in music performance for right. cello uh, from mm -hmm. Duquesne University. Mm -hmm. I've been playing music since I was six. Nice. How did how was the transition from from being a classical musician to a tango musician? How did that how did that happen? Or how did or can you describe how that how that worked for you? It was extremely difficult. Okay. Um, because I'm a classically trained, I'm used to reading music, um, a fully written music from paper, and yes, I can interpret it my own way, mm -hmm. but everything was written out for me, where tango in many ways is improvisation. Mm. So it's a completely different style of playing. It's um, in some ways the 
it's not as graceful as rough um, sounds you have to know how to create on your instrument mm -hmm. these percussive sounds on the string instruments that I've never tried before so it was interesting experience to explore your instrument in a different ways mm. yeah what was your your first tango performance as a musician like well I it was very scary because <laughs> I was afraid to be judged, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed it so, so much. Even though as a classically trained musician, I would get nervous being on stage, mm -hmm. as most musicians are. Yeah. But tango made me feel a lot more comfortable, and the piece that I performed was actually Libre Tango by Astor Piazzolla. Oh, nice, nice, yeah. And it's, it's so beautiful playing with the cello and... It just gave me a lot more courage. Okay. Do you perform regularly with a tango group? Yes. Um, we took a little bit of a break uh, with, with having a daughter and mm -hmm. um, traveling and so on. But now we really miss playing all together and we start looking into a new arrangements and collecting different music for the performances. Yeah, I see. So do you have a favorite composer or favorite song that you that you like to play on the cello? Of course, I love playing piazzolla. Ah. It sounds cliche, mm -hmm. but as a musician and as a dancer, I can feel the music as a dancer, but a lot of his music is not very danceable. Right. It's something you want to sit down and listen, and this is where I do have more of my strength as a musician. Mm. So for me, it's a combination that I understand as a dancer and as a musician. I see. I see. So shifting gears back to, to dancing, uh, how did you start teaching? Can you describe that journey? <laughs> so Chewy started uh, teaching uh, tango in Pittsburgh 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we were together and I didn't know anything about tango and I was just assisting him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't his partner, I wasn't a teacher, but I was there for him to, show, uh, to help show some exercises. Mm -hmm. And a couple of months in, I realized that followers started looking mm -hmm. and asking me questions. <laughs> and I felt they were uncomfortable because there was no place to be able to teach. Mm -hmm. So I would rely them to Chewy and he would address them and so he was the, the really the instructor running everything mm -hmm. and after a couple of years I felt I wasn't ready uh, to teach but Chewy suggested I should start teaching practica nice. class and I was really scared I thought I was not ready mm -hmm. but it gave me a huge confidence his, his support mm -hmm. and I started and it's been seven years uh, we've been running this class and it brings me absolute joy nice. every time going to class and working with the students and see how much they can progress even in one hour. Mm, nice. Do you have uh, a favorite figure or favorite point of technique that you, that you particularly like to teach? Connection. Okay. Yeah. Connection. I like to play games for that and mm -hmm. uh, find different ways how to explain connection between leader and the follower when it comes to open embrace or close embrace. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. I use balloons. Sometimes I use coins. Nice. Different playful techniques. So it kind of gets people off of this serious, 
course, mm -hmm. I need to learn how to dance and close the embrace because I must. Yeah. And <laughs> concentrate on really connecting with your partner. Mm, nice. Yeah, yeah, connection. That, that's nice. You use balloons. I've used uh, beach balls before in the past. That's always been kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, over the course of your, your teaching, did you also, you must have learned the other role to, to lead, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What was that like? I mean, you're mastering the art of following. And then as you start teaching, you, you start doing the other role. You probably started before that. But what was, what was it like for you at first to try out the other, the other side of things? I started leading in a beginner class just mm -hmm. to help out or help out even followers in the class so I can give them feedback internally while Chewie was teaching the mm -hmm. class, observing the class, and I was within participating in class. That's how we've been doing for a while and gave me a small but basic confidence in mm -hmm. just simple connection and walking. Mm -hmm. But I love milonga. Ah. And leaders just afraid of dancing milonga. <laughs> yes, and I they decided are. to improve my leading so I can mm -hmm. at least dance milonga. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my motivation. My mm -hmm. true motivation was I just wanted to dance milonga no matter what. All right. From your perspective of being a teacher, what are some things that your students have taught you? Oh, what a difficult question. <laughs> this is. You know, Chewy wants to answer that question. Okay, Chewy. I think first is like uh, patience, mm -hmm. and also like uh, you have an always game plan to go to the class where you want to teach, and but sometimes it's not like it's not working. Mm -hmm. So I have to change, you know, change at the moment or you know change the like uh, my plan. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's I think most. I'm still like you know we we still. Uh, learning that, but I think it's most we learn from students. It's that like I think that we cannot always follow the plan. You know, yeah. we have to have some kind of backup. Mm -hmm. You know, plans. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll follow you on that, but a little bit different. I actually was thinking about my private students and mm -hmm. how different and unique they are. Okay. And if I teach, for example, two or three students back to back, and I explain one thing to one. And if I explain the same way to the other, it will make no sense. And oh. just to be very flexible and attuned to your audience, this is what I learned the most. Mm -hmm. How to adjust. Uh, Chu was referring more to adjusting to the plan and the structure of the lesson just to see their reaction. Mm -hmm. How to uh, be flexible with that. And for me, is being attuned with uh, personality and more of how they respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Just, you know, every student is different and, you know, especially when it comes to private students and they learn differently, they respond to different types of encouragement and so forth. Yeah, and I really like what you said about uh, how, how the plans can change during a group class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had classes where I expected things to be balanced and sometimes oh, mostly followers show up or sometimes mostly leaders show up and you have to, to change things on, on the fly. Yeah, and that's my technique class because it's mm -hmm. not uh, something that's pre-sign up uh, for a whole month or anything. Anybody mm -hmm. can walk in and yeah. it's any level. And sometimes I have all women and they all want to work on leaders technique. I just never can guess. So mm -hmm. I have to go with a plan of no plan. Yeah. 
Okay, so I want to I want to change gears now to Tango communities and the dynamics. So you have a wonderful community out in Pittsburgh. I remember when I visited, it was just really fun. It was a shame I couldn't stay too, too uh, longer, but it was great. Definitely hope to come back and visit you. So in your opinion, how do you define a really good Tango community? Okay, so I, to me, mm -hmm. is I think welcoming to new dancers. Mm -hmm. like, like so, uh, for example, you mentioned something about Milonga. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important uh, like experienced dancers or you know organizers mm -hmm. are more like welcome to the new people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just not it's you know it's just not only nice but just you know like explain like what what is what and uh, mm -hmm. you know talk to people. I think to just welcome to the people to to to, uh, to the community, right? So yeah. I think that that's I think. Uh, we are trying. We're still trying to. Our our goal is to, uh, as a you know teachers and organizers. Um, we try to always like introduce to new people. Yeah. Bring to those people. You know, I want to uh, bring these people to the, our community. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah, it's being being really welcoming. That's that, that's yeah. great. So uh, whether we live in large cities or small cities. Uh, maintaining a healthy community in terms of numbers is always going to be it's always going to be a challenge. It may it may vary somewhat, and you know, be, depending on the size of the city. What are your strategies in helping your community grow or to to maintain enthusiasm? Um, I think it's important to continue having beginner classes, so you always have a new newcomers. Mm -hmm. So you have new people coming into the community. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, one of the most difficult tasks. You have to constantly advertise. You have to always finding the new people is the difficult part. Yeah. But also important maintaining and respecting members of the community that existed before mm -hmm. uh, our time, during our time, and the future. So yeah. I think it covers uh, several layers of that. Mm -hmm. There are different organizers, but I think it's very, very important to have a clear communication mm -hmm. uh, between them to be able not to unintentionally split it, but work mutually for the be benefit of the community. Yeah. And my second point is, I think it's important to understand what community can handle. Mm -hmm. For example, if there's only one tango group that teaches the beginner classes, Mm -hmm. And there's many people who like to organize a milonga, and it becomes five, six milongas. Right. And what happens, there's not enough new people coming in, mm -hmm. and the members of the community being not split up, but spread thin. Yeah. And they all want to support, but somebody falls through, and it just has to be a healthy ratio mm -hmm. of what the organizers can offer and what the community can handle. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just a continuous challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, during practicas and during, you know, milongas, and mainly during practicas, that's the time when we're working on our technique, working on steps. And sometimes our teachers aren't always there to answer our questions directly. So a lot of the newer students, they have to go to the more experienced students for help. 
So what advice do you have for uh, perhaps more intermediate advanced students in being really good tango peers to the to the new, newer students? It's important to notice the challenge first mm -hmm. because some people just like to jump in yeah. and try to help when it wasn't really asked for help and tell what to do and start teaching steps. Right instead of helping with the steps. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, um, and I, I do ask my more advanced students to see if somebody struggles to reach out to them. Mm -hmm. But it's to think about it first, to see, uh, try to figure out what, what's, what's the problem and if there's a way they can help. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important to make um, advanced students understand and as well as the instructors understand that they should be reachable. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be, I'm instructor, I'm done teaching and I'm going to sit over here. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to be a part of the community yeah. and be able to be there. Mm -hmm. And if the advanced students, intermediate advanced students are there for the beginners, then beginners have someone to look up to. Mm -hmm. So for yourself, Yulia, how do you how do you continue to challenge yourself in your tango? I am a beginner. You're a beginner. I'm a beginner. I have a lifetime to learn. Mm -hmm. Hopefully someday I'll be intermediate. I uh, I love going to Buenos Aires nice. and I love learning how to walk every time I go there. <laughs> and every time I go, it becomes more and more difficult to do so. Mm -hmm. To walk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So for me, the one of the reasons why I love, I'm in love and addicted to tango because there's never a moment when I feel I'm done with something mm -hmm. in tango, any of the steps. I feel like there's always room to learn, mm -hmm. to improve, and to be better. Yeah. I think that's that's great. I mean, having that beginner's mindset uh, that really that really keeps the dance fresh. and. Yeah, I don't know if you feel this way. Sometimes I miss being a beginner because when, when everything was really new and everything was just wow. And when you become an, a more advanced dancer, it, it changes. It changes. It never, it, you know, you're still in love with the dance, but it's, it's never quite the same. But it's really nice that you have that beginner's mindset at, at all times. How about you, Chewy? Yeah, so uh, now I have opportunity to go to, I mean, mostly DJ and mm -hmm. uh, sometimes teaching, you know, teach uh, other uh, communities. But uh, especially I go to the festival, I try to go observe other teachers, mm -hmm. the workshops, mm -hmm. and sometimes I take private lessons. And uh, mm -hmm. that's how I keep, and also like we bring the instructors that we want to study. Yeah. So that keeps us learn you know uh, keep us because like after that after Sofia like we haven't been back to the Buenos Aires mm -hmm. so uh, we've been to Buenos Aires like every year but that until you know Sofia was born mm -hmm. but you know now like I just try to go you know when I go to the festivals and try to go you know see instructors that who comes to Pittsburgh or who comes to other cities mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so keep keep like something fresh right keep uh yeah. New information or like something, you know, something new. Mm -hmm. So you got back from Ann Arbor not too long ago. Uh, you were DJing there, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Like the art of DJing. I know that that's a, that's a topic that can that we can explore for hours. But uh, 
how you know, your your particular style of DJing when you're arranging your playlists and you're watching the crowd? What what's going through your mind? Yeah, so um, now like um, I used to make the playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, now like you know like just you know I used to use iTunes. I just make the plan and yeah. then just go. You know, just play the music. Right. Now like I have I'm I'm using different software DJ Pro mm-hmm. and I try to. Um, not have having set list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I what I do is just uh, kind of like creating the as I go. I see. Depends on depends on the uh, the you know milonga or depends on the festival. Mm-hmm. If there are like thirty people already in the room after the workshop, mm-hmm. and I just try to you know like try to get the, those people dancing right mm-hmm. away. Okay. You no know? or like. Or like if there's no one's there, if there's no no reason to play Darienzo or something like you know, like you know what I mean, like like just I tend to like really like start like slow, you know, and yeah. then just bring up the energy to uh, more crowd shows up and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just see the, yeah just different the way mm-hmm. the crowd goes and Milonga goes and yeah. changing up. No, sometimes that sometimes it fails. You know, sometimes it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's. I bet it's just about reading that reading that crowd, and that's yeah. and that's that can be really challenging. Yeah, it's yeah. just sometimes a hit and miss. You know, mm-hmm. like sometimes it's walking gray, and sometimes it's not. So yeah, you yeah. know, learning about that. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like it's just, it's just that um funny. Like some of the places, it's like like. Alternative music, mm-hmm. uh, but some places don't like that, right? Yeah. But those things I don't know, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it seems kind of hidden miss, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about um, alternative tango music? Uh, I think it's coming back. We had a marathon last November. Mm-hmm. Actually, I got many people ask me about alternative music. If we play, if we have a like set, like we have a time for the alternative music. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have no opinion. I think that the music or dance, dancing, mm-hmm. it's all, all, always there's the, 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 a place that not improve, but the, uh, how do you say? Evolve? Evolve, like just to go to, has to go somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we're not going to stop like 30s, right? We are like right. now, we are living in 2000. 18. Yeah. So, yeah. So, mu- music is always like that, right? Right. So, so, so do I think dancing too. If we, the, the um, music stop, mm-hmm. you know, there's no new music, it's coming out, and then, like, the, the, then tango, it just stays same. Right. 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 There's no development of mm-hmm. dancing. Yeah. And I think the music is the same. Like, that, that's how I feel in the music mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so there's always that. I think the new experience, right? Dancing mm-hmm. with new music. Right. People tend to dance only traditional music, but if then if the music is just no, there's no music is coming out, and mm-hmm. then I think music dies yeah. to me, right? And also dancing. So, right. Yeah, that that's what how we develop the mm-hmm. idea of dancing and also music, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, what what was your first tango performance like? Oh boy, (laughs) 
It was really scary. It was really scary. Because, where, where, was that in Pittsburgh? It was in Pittsburgh. Um, yes, we performed uh, in one of the large annual ballroom events, mm-hmm. and uh, they um, asked me and Chewy to come down and perform, uh, teach a class, introductory class of Argentine tango. Mm-hmm. And after that, we had a performance. It was my first time to teach uh, such a large group. It was uh, close to 80 people or so. It was a very large class. Wow. And after that, to perform to even larger amount of people. Mm -hmm. And all I was thinking is, um, extend my legs. Don't fall. (laughs) And I got such a foot cramp, I could not feel my toes. Long time. I I, I finished the performance. Nobody Mm -hmm. noticed that. But after that, I could not dance for the rest of the night. Oh no! Oh my gosh! That was really scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> so did you only do one song? Oh, uh, did we do one or two? I believe we did one song. That I I could handle only one song. Okay. At that time. <laughs> yeah. So my performance was in Wisconsin. Uh huh. Okay. Where I started dancing, and uh, that was like something my friend. Um, took me to the uh, ballroom event and uh, we performed there and uh, first time and I don't remember anything mm. you know <laughs> oh, no we practice and I feel you you know I feel good and but uh, you know I don't I don't usually get nervous like mm-hmm. performing music right but like uh, just tango was the first time was really diff- like different than Mm-hmm. Yeah, music, of course, and yeah. uh, I don't, I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice <laughs> performances. Yeah, that's such a. Yeah, I can be so nervous. It's always a, it's always a memorable. Yeah, and we don't, you know, I don't get nervous now. But past time was like, yeah, not challenging. Yeah, nice. So Chewy, I've heard there's always something new to learn when it comes to tango, no matter how experienced we become. So. Even though you've had so much experience, what is something new that you've learned recently? I mean, not necessarily a step, but perhaps a, a deeper understanding of of a fundamental concept or something you've already you've already gone through. I tend to teach more like musicality mm-hmm. and uh, how to listen to the music and and how to feel the music. Yeah, like to to connect, like you know, like we we have a such a strong like music background, so we we try to cooperate more, dance with music, and um, you know, like coordination, right? At the uh, how to listen to music, how to move with music, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. I think uh, it's also about the subtleties mm-hmm. of the of the music that something we just always listen to most obvious the the rhythm or the line but there's many more instruments and how to start pay attention mm-hmm. when the phrase ends there's not exactly always those sub beats there there's a pause there's no music for a few seconds right to start pay attention to those little details mm-hmm. for me the interest what what I'm working on something lately I learned is to Feel the timing between the steps. Mm. So, 
for me, as a follower, I feel the movement and I feel like I have to get from point A to point B right away and be on my axis and be perfect there with my partner. Mm -hmm. But just to feel the moment, a split moment of being between two axes. Mm -hmm. This is something happens in a split of a second and there's never enough timing to explore it. So this is something I've been working on, on finding this, I call it... Um, Matrix. Okay. Moment. When everything slows down, the oh, motion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you're in this slow motion moment, and this is what I'm trying to explore. What happens be before, after you leave for a step, and before you to you arrive to the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that matrix moment. Yeah, that between the beats. I, I get that. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. Okay, so what are some future projects you're working on? Oh, Joe, we are busy. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> we are busy. Um, we are. We just had our first Tango Marathon in November. Right. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, and it was a, a huge success. And everywhere we traveled since in Toronto and Ann Arbor, mm -hmm. everyone asking when is the dates being announced for the next marathon. So nice. people are really excited, and we. We'll, we are planning to have a second marathon in November as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so the details are coming up soon. But we also planning to have a Pittsburgh Tango Week in second week of May. All right. We're gonna have we're gonna have guest instructors. Okay. We're gonna have um, Alejandro and Marisol Alejandro Lorenes and Marisol Morales. Okay. And we're going to um, have Oscar Casas uh, and Jessica Afranini in uh, May, 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 second right. weekend of May, May 10th through 13th. So basically, it will be a festival that we don't want to call a festival. <laughs> okay, good, good. So where can we find out more about you online? So we do have a Facebook page, BJ mm -hmm. Tango Connection. Okay. And we also will have all of the information listed and the registration for the workshops and the marathon on our website, pghtango.com. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. And I'll have all that in our show notes. So when we upload the podcast, it'll be there so people can find it. All right. Well, Chewie and Yulia both, thank you again. Yeah, for your time. And I know you're you're busy with, with family and with a lot of other commitments. But yeah, it really means a lot that you took the time out to, to talk to me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. It was fun catching up with those two. I remember meeting Chewie back when he was in Milwaukee, but once he left, I didn't see him again for over 10 years. And when I finally saw him again, he looked exactly the same. He did not age at all. It's amazing. All right. Yulia and Chewie touched upon a lot of good stuff. I really liked what Yulia said about following and that being a good follower isn't just about reacting perfectly to the lead but it involves, as she says, putting some spice into the dance or movement. And when a follower adds flavor, it's a form of creativity and something a receptive leader can build off of. I also liked how they mentioned the importance of connection. Now, we've heard this many times in previous interviews, but it can't be emphasized enough, especially for newer dancers. It's important to understand that we don't have to do anything fancy we really should focus more of our attention on connecting and communicating with our partners instead of being preoccupied with avoiding mistakes. Another thing that stuck out to me was when Yulia mentioned learning the leader's role. One huge motivating factor for her was that she wanted to learn how to lead Malanga 
and that pushed her to build her leading skills beyond basic movements. When we start out learning tango, we're introduced to basic steps and concepts and theories, but one huge thing that moves our learning forward is when we see a step or figure that looks really neat and we say to ourselves, hey, I wanna learn that. And then we start applying those basic steps and theories to some tangible concept and good things happen from there. I also liked how Chuya and Yulia, despite all their experience, are always learning. Yulia said you're never quite done with a step. There's always something deeper to understand and perhaps a newer context in which you can apply a step that you already know. And finally, Yulia mentioned the idea of focusing on the moment between the steps instead of the moments when you're completing a step. That in-between moment can be really fun if you concentrate on it. It's like you're floating or moving in slow motion for a little bit. It's really neat. So thank you again, Chuya and Yulia, for sharing your stories and for sharing your thoughts with us. Much appreciated. And to all of you listeners, thank you again for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoyed this program and you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, it would mean the world to me if you could go to any one or all of those platforms, leave a five-star rating, a positive comment, and remember to subscribe. It only takes a minute, but does a lot to help more people find this podcast. And of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly appreciate your support. And if you have suggestions for people that you'd like me to interview, or if you just want to get in touch, feel free to send me an email. You can contact me at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. And you can find out more about me and my own tango classes at wisconsintango.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, dot com. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon. Bye.